Welcome, and thanks for joining us for this week's episode of Hashtag Be The Good In Your Hood. It's a podcast dedicated to sharing the essential change that can occur in your place, in your neighborhood, and in your life through simple acts of hospitality. We are your hosts, Dave and Jen Colley. Welcome to season two. I am really looking forward to what this season holds because we have sort of a new question on the table and we have some new people at the table. We're going to be having guests from around the globe, really, to share with us about what's going on in their neighborhood and also what good is coming out of that. So what question are we asking this season? What good have you seen come from the practice of hospitality in your neighborhood. And so we're really addressing a very similar question in all of our episodes this season. But the great thing is, I don't know how people are going to answer because it's not you and I answering the questions. We're going to have some guests who are jumping in on that. So that's where we're headed this season. And I'm really excited about where it will lead. Last season, we jumped in and just kind of started giving some very tangible, like simple practices that you could engage in, you know, whether it be just going over and meeting somebody and saying hello and getting to know their name to going on a walk with them or inviting them to do something with you that you're already doing. But I think this year, what we wanted to do is if people are already doing that, which we know from stories that we hear from around the country, there are people in neighborhoods doing the good. What we want to talk about this season is what is that good? What is the result of these little practices that we've talked about? So let's start today with our very first guest. And that guest, for you listeners, is my lovely wife, Jen, who is the co-host. So Jen, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks. I'm glad to be here. If you could give us like a descriptor of what role you play in your neighborhood, like not your job title or what you do every day, what is your role in your neighborhood? How would you, how would you answer that? That's a great question. It's kind of fun to think about, you know, existing in my neighborhood. I'm trying to imagine even how other people see who I am. I don't really know because I can't see from their eyes. But I think from my end, I would say I am the um, equipment provider, particularly for neighborhood kid activities. Um, I'm not always the parent that will necessarily go out in the yard and play basketball with the kids in the cul-de-sac. Um, those aren't my greatest strengths, but I will find you a basketball. Or if you want to play four square, I do know where the sidewalk chalk is, and I will make sure you have that. Um, and also, also comes in the form of food frequently. Um, you know, there's lots of six-year-olds uh, who love Capri Suns, and so I do have a host of those in the garage refrigerator. Um, I've also been known to provide things like cookies for HOA meetings and other assorted events. And so, um, I think the equipment provider role or food provider um, would probably sum it up pretty well. Yeah, that's that's really neat. That's really beautiful. <laughs> Just hearing you say that, knowing that I get to watch you do that every day is really kind of cool. And I think that I would agree with that, that that's a great description of your role in our neighborhood. Not that you don't do other roles, but that's kind of you know, that's your niche that you just gravitate naturally to. And so I'll make job. sure you I'll make sure you have the stuff you need. And, yeah. if, and if I don't know where it is, I will probably find it. I, I lose stuff in our house all the time and you are the one that finds it. So <laughs> I can see how that works really good. Well, let's jump in to our real question for the day. Mm-hmm. What good have you seen in your neighborhood that have that's come from this idea of practicing hospitality? So I think the first thing that comes to mind is as a good thing that has come 
is trust. Um, trust among neighbors, among different families, trust that exists even uh, between the kids that play in our yard and need to borrow our basketball. Um, and I think how the practice of hospitality has led to that is a consistent practice of being present in the neighborhood. Um, I think about when we first moved here, and a lot of our neighbors have lived in this this place and even in their particular house for a very long time. Uh, one of our neighbors, I think they've been here 16 years, um, another much longer than we had been. So we moved here a couple years ago. And so we were kind of the strange people from California that um, <laughs> were new, but also no one knew. And so through the practice of hospitality uh, for us meant that we were in our front yard, we were doing things outside. Um, and when we were outside, we engaged with the people that were around us. And so that led to like I said, kids needing sidewalk chalk to draw a four square or, you know, we put the basketball hoop up and so somebody needed the basketball and, and it led to these opportunities to, to give and share in experience because we were present where we were. The trust that builds from that, it, it does start out small. Like for instance, it could be, I trust you enough to borrow your sidewalk chalk, which may lead to, I trust you enough to let my kid play in your front yard. To, I think about even Last year, it was one of the times you had gone back to California for work. It had snowed. I had taken you to the airport at like five o'clock one morning, one Saturday morning, and the alternator on our car went out. I was probably about 10 minutes from home on the wee hours of a Saturday morning and really nobody to call to come help except my neighbors. And I had numbers in my phone. Why? Because we had been practicing hospitality, had exchanged numbers, introduced ourselves to people. So I had these numbers of neighbors that I started to call. And there was a little bit of just like angst, right? Because I'm waking somebody up on Saturday morning to come give me a ride in the snow. This sounds terrible. But I think the practice of hospitality had built this trust of thinking, even when I call them, I already knew that there would be people that would be willing to respond. First person I called didn't pick up. The second person didn't. Um, finally, I think I got to about number five, which is sort of incredible anyway, that there were already that many numbers in my phone. And this person was like, sure, I'll be there right away. But I think the thing that really stood out to me was that even after someone had picked up and I had a conversation, those other people that I had called or left a message or even hadn't left a message and they just saw that I called, called me back or sent me a text. Are you okay? Is everything all right? Do you need something? And I think that's when I really started to see this building of trust because there was also this responding with care in a situation where I really needed help. And so I think that that has been one of the biggest things, and not just this neighborhood and other neighborhoods too, of seeing how trust in relationships gets built over time through small things that do tend to grow into larger things and a deeper trust. A couple things that I hear in that. One, maybe I would like to hear kind of what your definition of presence is, or, you know, you're, you're choosing to be out front. We have a huge backyard as well, but we often gravitate toward the front yard. Um, and I think that is a part of our intentional presence. So I'd love to hear you unpack that a little bit, if you could. Like, what does that mean to you when you say presence? Like, if our listeners are saying, oh, well, I want to do that, what, what does that mean? Yeah, I think it, it definitely has more um, than just being somewhere, just existing somewhere. Because I think, you know, I could be in my front yard and not be present. And I think that next level is when you are in a space, 
being aware of and acknowledging who else is there and also being ready to engage in a way that that fits what's happening. For instance, you know, I think about the kids playing in our yard and there are times, you know, where conflict will arise or an injury occurs. And sometimes I'm actually not in the yard exactly when it happens, but there is a presence that's happening when I'm aware of what kids are in our area and what's going on in our area and being ready to and available to engage them when needed. And so I think about a time when I was actually in the house, but our windows were open so I could see, you know, kids running around and someone did get hurt. And and I heard before I saw what, what had happened. Um, and it was, it's a change in tone, right? It's that ah! sound of someone um, being hurt and, and the ability to, to run and check and see who needed whatever it was. Thankfully that day it was just, you know, a Band-Aid and and some care. Um, I think being present is is that awareness of other people and also the availability to engage in a way that that helps and benefits the people in that space. So it's not necessarily just proximity, but it's also although that helps. And then yeah, of course. But it also is this intentionality of like For sure. awareness, attentiveness. Not that you have to be watching with your eyes. But you, you heard it before you saw it. So you were probably in the living room or somewhere where you could still see if you wanted to. You had the window open. You had made the choice to be not in the back room or down in the basement. You, you were close enough. But while you were doing whatever you were doing as far as chores or whatever that looked like, you were still intentionally kind of one ear against the wall. Yeah. And I think other times, you know, presence does look a lot more active in that piece. You know, I know a lot of times you actually are the one that's playing the basketball game with the kids in <laughs> in the front yard. Um, and so sometimes there is a much more active role in that as far as, you know, the activity that you're doing something alongside someone, that you're being present with them and what they're doing. And there are other times, like you said, where it's it's more of a connectedness to what's happening, an attentive eye or ear or even heart and feeling in that, you know, to understand where someone's coming from or what kind of day that they're having because you are paying attention um, and you're looking and seeing and listening more than just with your eyes and your ears, but with, with your heart and your mind as well. Yeah, but I think also for you, just knowing that you presence also means being present, like you are actually physically there. And I think a lot of times we have conversations with other parents. Mm -hmm. So there's been, you know, an introduction or a, a number swap because we were present. We were there. Yeah. And actually, that is how I've met a lot of parents, because our kids were playing. And there was another parent present nearby um, that we struck up a conversation. And again, there wasn't like we weren't doing an activity that led us into that. We were just physically where our kids were at the same time. Yeah. So the second question that I had when I heard you telling your story about trust, you know, I first imagined when you started telling this story that the trust came where other people trusted you. The The trust went both ways, oh, yeah. right? So for instance, you started calling people and my guess is in the middle of the night when it's dark and cold, you're by yourself, right? I'm on an airplane flying somewhere. There isn't necessarily this, I'm just going to call anyone. Mm -hmm. So you're going to the, the first five people you called most likely were people that you trusted, trusted, right? In some sense or form. Walk me through both sides of that. When you say presence and what it creates as far as trust, how have you seen trust on your side for them? Hmm. That's a really great question. I think in that piece of being present, like you said, it involves other people. So in the same vein of, you know, whether I'm welcoming somebody into my space most of the time, it's because you have some shared space with them. 
you know, whether it's our neighborhood pool or actually just the street that we, <laughs> it's actually for us what it is a lot of times because it's called a stag. So we're, we're literally just standing in the street, kind of a shared space, that there is a, a getting to know the life and the perspective of someone else. You know, I think about neighbors that have children or um, who have grandchildren and they are caring for someone. And so I think about just watching the ways that people care for others and how they look out for each other. I think that's one of the things that I've noticed in our neighborhood of, of other people. You know, it's not their kids. It's not their grandkids, but they are, they're watching out for them as well. And so I think that has led me to see oh, they're watching out for me too. You know, it's not just neighbor A's watching neighbor B's kids, but neighbor C over here, Jen, is also being cared for in that loop. And so I think sometimes it just comes from in a shared space, seeing how people are caring for one another um, and realizing that I could be part of that piece as well. Well, this seems like it it can go really broad, really quick. (laughs) And we want to continue to just drill into the one good for you to to kind of identify that. And I think how you've identified that is trust, right? And that's come from this intentional practice of presence. And so for us and our listeners, what's one thing you would say as far as the good for us, if we wanted to produce trust in our neighborhoods, what would it look like for us to be present in our place? You know, it's funny. I feel like you could go broad really quick. I just keep thinking of all these pieces that are connected, right? Thinking about how to be present, but really what's wrapped up in that and what I've sort of been saying and, and not realizing it till I'm saying it out loud is that, that there's a consistency over time of being in a place. I think the presence piece would be, yes, to engage and to be attentive, but consistently in that place. And I think, you know, the kids that live next to us know me because almost every day, there's some kind of connect. There's some kind of seeing or knowing or, you know, whether it's just I came out to the porch and watched basketball for a few minutes before I ask my son to come in for dinner. There is a consistency of, of, of face, of tone, of speaking, of giving equipment that is consistent over time. And it's not one huge single event of that. It's not like I just showed up with all the parade and fanfare one Saturday in September. No, it was a five minute on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and that Saturday and that Saturday. And and so it's a consistency of presence over time, I think, is what has built trust. Well, that's really, really powerful. Think about my own relationships and how that trust was built or that depth was built in a relationship really is a consistent interaction over a period of time. So as, as listeners and as me sitting here just gleaning from this really cool conversation, it's a challenge for me to say, okay, I don't want to just be out there on Saturday. Or I just don't want to be out there, you know, when it's really convenient for me. Maybe I need to be more present with, hey, I don't really want to play basketball today, but maybe I should be out there, even if it's just for five minutes, because they're allowing, you know, I'm allowing them to see me and I'm being present. You know, I think there is a tendency, though, because it is, you know, it can become just part of our everyday life. There is a tendency for it to um, to become what I was saying, that you can be somewhere and not be present. And I think that is, that's the danger for me, is that I recognize the importance of consistency over time. And I've been now in this neighborhood for two years and have, have built some trust and have built relationship. And I think, you know, the challenge for me and maybe for some other people who've been in your neighborhood for a while is to say, am I intentionally being present still? Or am I just kind of being around and existent over time? Um, yeah, almost a complacency mm-hmm. of 
well, we've done it to this point. And we know these people. They know us. They would let us put their garage door down if we were gone. But, you know, what are what are we missing? What do we not see yet? How have they changed? I mean, <laughs> even in two years, you know, I think about what I knew about someone um, even last year. We're not the same people. Things have changed in our lives and in our perspectives. And maybe there's something new I can notice. And that really, I think, is challenging for me to continue to be that attentive, caring presence, even in a place that I have been consistent over time. I think I've got it now. I know these people. Yeah. And we we preach that a lot, right? Don't settle, you know, don't get complacent in, in these practices. They do matter. You know, if there is a new person in the neighborhood, you know, make sure you're introducing them to your family or to the other neighbors, welcoming them in, saying, thanks for moving here. Let me swap numbers. Like, it's easy to say, oh, well, I know all eight of these people except for the one new person. Hmm. But to still continue to be intentional. Well, this is a great way to start season two as we talk about the little things that people do on a consistent basis that actually bring about the good in a neighborhood. So any final thoughts as we close out here? What is something you want to tell the listeners to do or challenge them with? Well, I think the thing that I'm just drawn to right now is to really actually look for the good. I think, um, you know, and you asking me these questions is making me say, you know, what good has come and I'm, I'm seeing it. And so I, I hope that that that's something that carries on for other people too, is to begin to see the good in your practice and as you carry out these things and to look for it, you know, and to look for places where trust is building and to look for um, things that you can celebrate because good is coming from it. And I think that's one of the things that keeps us moving forward is when we're able to see and recognize and identify, this is good. We should keep this up. And that's exactly what we want to do is keep this up. So tune in next week for another episode and another story of how to be the good in your hood.